0: Well, hey, good morning. morning. Oh my gosh, it sounds so good to be in worship with you. I'm just sitting over here and I'm thinking, golly, you guys have such beautiful voices. So there's something so great to be in worship together. And if you're online, we're just glad that you could be a part of what God is doing here too. I'm thankful that you're here. Hopefully it's someplace a little bit warmer and a little less snow. I realized a couple of things this morning, uh, two things that you should probably never pray for Uh, One is patience, because God is going to help uh, stretch you in those ways, and then also not to pray for um, no more snow. So we have one more snow, because I had prayed for that last week, and I'm very sorry uh, for that, but... Uh, I'm just glad that we could do this today. And so, you know, Mark had shared already, we're going to be talking about the soul. And we're also in this exciting season of preparation as we're heading to Easter. Uh, It is a season of preparation. And so we have created a resource for you if you've not gotten your hands on our all-in guide I want to encourage you to grab a printed guide before you leave this place today because it is an awesome tool uh, to be able to help you continue to prepare with these weeks that are leading up to Easter. And there's also a digital version that you can download or that you can sign up for the emails as they continue to come through. But like Mark had said, this is a season of preparation as we're heading toward Easter. We take a lot of time. It's it's marked with a lot of prayer and reflection. And you know, we look at the life and the ministry of Jesus. We look at his his life, his ministry, his sufferings, and his death, and his burial, and his resurrection, and we begin to filter our lives through that lens. And so we look at this commitment, this sacrifice that Jesus made, where he went all in for us, and we're asking ourselves in this series how we can go all in for Jesus Christ. What's holding us back from fully following Jesus? And so for me, when I think about uh, this season personally, it is a season of asking a lot of really difficult questions of myself and also asking God to help, you know, seek these desires and and these things that are within me, help me to understand whether or not these desires are drawing me toward Him or whether they are drawing me away from Him. And it's, it's an opportunity for me to really take a hard look at these things that I'm investing so much of my time, my attention, and my devotion into in hopes that it would bring life. And so when I think about that, I have to ask myself, what is holding me back from following Jesus with all of my soul? You know, and I have to really get to the core of a lot of these desires that I might have. You know, if I can be transparent for a moment, there are things that I will invest my time and attention into in hopes to find comfort or peace. You know, I'm asking these questions of myself because I notice that there are areas of unrest where I'm unsettled, where I'm restless and I feel anxious. And one of those areas that I tend to get anxious about is finances. You know i know god is in control but i sit here and i think and i wonder if i can make a better decision about my day-to-day spending or my uh, retirement portfolio or other investments so that i can feel a sense of comfort and peace come the time i get ready to retire anybody else feel that Okay, yeah, I see some heads bobbing, I hear some yeses, you know, but I I think that's that's a good thing because I'll pour a lot of time into, you know, researching the different mixes of investments and I'll spend some time in spreadsheets. Where's Daryl Hardy? Is he here? Daryl, are you online? I hear that, you know, a lot of people really enjoy spreadsheets, but nobody enjoys spreadsheets as much as Daryl Hardy does. So, just a, a shout out if you need help with some spreadsheets. can give you some assistance there but i think of that and then i also think about wanting to be a good steward of all of the resources that god has given me and in order to do that i like to try to remove as much chaos from my life as possible so i will sit down with my calendar and try to plan and schedule and do all of these things to help bring order to the chaos of my life i want to be productive i want to be fruitful you know both at home and in the office and elsewhere and so i will do that in the hopes that i will be fruitful and productive. And also, I mean, if I'm not careful about my motives when it comes to my quiet time with God, rather than drawing near to Him in prayer and just taking a moment to be still and be in His presence, it is a time where sometimes, and I hate to admit this, where I go through and I try to figure out how much Scripture I can get through in a year. So, if I can start to check boxes that are there And then before you know it, I'm praying and then I'm thinking about other things. And so rather than drawing near to God in those moments, I'm sort of pulling away because I'm too consumed with trying to make sure that I'm secure in my knowledge in this way. And so then I'm spending more time just checking a box and getting through my devotion the whole time. You know, but ultimately, I try to find comfort in these things that I'm investing my time and my energy and my resources into in, in ways that ultimately God should be fulfilling those desires to help me feel comfort and peace and secure. And I'm sure all of you can relate. I know you had already you know kind of nodded your head about finances and whatnot, but maybe it's that dream job that you started about a few months ago, the one that you've been pouring yourself out for each and every day in hopes of finding fulfillment, in hopes of finding purpose, and that dream job has actually turned more into a nightmare because you, you find that you're working all the time and you feel less fulfilled and less purposeful. Maybe your 401k, your IRA, or your retirement funds are never cushy enough, so you feel like you have to work more to earn more in order to feel secure come time to retire where you think about all the things that you might buy, your car, your shoes, your home, your gadgets, whatever it might be, to try to uh, garner or acquire some acceptance from friends or those that you live around. And rather than being accepted or feeling accepted, you actually have this deep pit of buyer's remorse within your soul. And I'm sure that we can Think about lots of other things and the list can continue. It's amazing how much of ourselves that we pour into and invest into these things that we feel would give us a sense of life, gadgets, money, positions of power and influence, connections and some, some relationships, recognition, status, and progress. But the reality is... The more that we acquire, the more that we gain, the less satisfied we become. Our souls feel even more restless at the end of the day, no matter how much more we tried or bought or consumed, no amount of those things will ever satisfy. And we won't feel peace, we will feel more anxious and more restless until we can address this tension between our physical world and our soul-felt desires. And until then, we won't be able to truly find rest. As a society, it is no wonder that we do wrestle with these things because society will tell us to do more, to consume more, to buy more, to do all of these things so that you can fulfill these desires that you have. It's to be accepted, to find rest, to find peace to find purpose, to to have a sense of belonging. These are all some of these desires that we all have in common that we will try to use worldly means to find satisfaction for. It's like what Mark had shared last week about that toy. It's got all the like you know the the four or five six different holes on it, and we just take stuff from the world and just try to shove it through these holes in hopes that they would satisfy. But ultimately, these are these God-shaped holes in our lives that things of this world will never satisfy. And the truth is, if I were to ask you this question today, is it well with your soul? Some of you may be dissatisfied with the answer that you have. And so I want us to be able to put a pin in that question, because that's an important one that we need to be asking ourselves today, which leads us to take a very hard look at the question, what is holding us back from fully loving Jesus with all of our soul? So if you're ready, are you ready? Okay. Good, because I want to be able to share a few secrets with you that I think will get to the core of this issue that we all are experiencing together. So let's take a moment and let's continue to pray as God is in this space this morning, and just pray that God would continue to move in and through this conversation today. So would you pray? Heavenly Father, we're thankful, we are so thankful to be In your presence today we're thankful for the breath that we have in our lungs God and the fact that you have already been at work in and through each of us before our feet ever hit the ground and you know exactly what each of us needs in this moment God so I pray that you would continue to speak to us that you would help us to hear you and to see you at work in our lives help us to understand the word that you have for us today we love you and we thank you it's in Jesus name that we pray and everyone said Amen. All right, as Mark had shared, the word and the the topic that we're looking at today is the soul. And when I think of the soul and I think of this struggle that we have between our physical world and our spiritual or our soul-felt desires, one story comes to mind, and it is this, this interaction, this exchange between Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or you've got your journal with you. I'm going to encourage you to open it up to there. You can kind of follow along. I'm going to kind of breeze through this passage, but it's a great opportunity to be able to take some notes as God is speaking to you. So here's some background here. This is John 4, okay? John 4, and Jesus and the disciples just got finished baptizing a ton of people, just like we're going to be doing here in a couple of weeks on Easter, but they just got finished baptizing a ton of people and uh, they were making their way back to Galilee and they had to stop in Samaria. Everybody was kind of hungry and so the disciples had kind of gone into the village to go get some food and this was an opportunity that Jesus had to spend some time uh, by himself while he was tired and hungry and thirsty and so he stops at this well and he takes a load off and he's just kind of sitting there and this Sumerian woman comes up and Jesus asks the Sumerian woman for a drink. And she's sitting here puzzled going, you're a Jew and I'm a Sumerian. Why are you asking me for a drink? And so Jesus, in his typical Jesus fashion, says, well, if you understood the gift that God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me for a drink Of living water, and I would give you living water. So she's looking at Jesus, very confused, I'm sure, because he doesn't have a rope and he doesn't have a bucket. And she knows because she's been to this well a number of times how deep this well actually is. So she's thinking to herself, this is physically impossible. For this man to give her a drink. And so to help her in her confusion, Jesus says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. So he's talking about the water of the well. Anybody who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Golly. I mean, like, I'm kind of parched right now. But that is a huge claim. To be able to to get connected to a source of water to quench my thirst forever. I want that. And this woman wanted that too. So when the woman heard Jesus say this, she asks him for some of this living water so she'll never be thirsty again and never have to come back to this well ever again. And so Jesus, in the way that Jesus works says great go get your husband and bring him so he can take advantage of this opportunity too and so her response was oh, I don't have a husband and Jesus goes you're right you don't you had five and the guy that you're with now is not your husband you're not married to him and now she's so confused. And I think there's a lot of question marks and things that we can kind of pull from this passage too. So if we ask ourselves, what can we glean from this passage of Scripture? At first blush, between Jesus and the woman, we can see a couple of common shared desires. Both have thirst in common. Jesus was also hungry and tired. And we also see from the woman you know, she had a longing for uh, romance or or connection, right? And so there was this interesting study done several years ago by the Ohio State University, (laughs) come on, uh, that outlined not one, not two, but 16 common desires that we all have, that we as people share together, okay? Acceptance, curiosity, Hunger, I'm not gonna count them all on my fingers because I'm gonna run out, so. uh, Thirst, family, honor, idealism, independence, order, physical activity, power, romance, saving, social connection, status, tranquility, and vengeance. Vengeance. Anybody see Batman recently? I am vengeance. (laughs) I think that's what he said. Did he say that? All right, well, I just uh, outed myself as a comic book nerd. You're all welcome, but this is definitely an interesting list, okay? So these 16 desires we all share together and I'm sure that if we were paying attention, wrote any of those down, we could probably pick out one or two that we could find a way to meet those needs physically, okay? Thirst. It's really easy. Go get a drink of water or something. If you're hungry, go grab lunch. Or if you're tired, physically exerted or exhausted, take a rest you know but the thing is is that we can meet these needs in a physical way but over time it won't completely satisfy we'll still get thirsty and we will still get hungry and we'll still grow tired and so this i think is a really important thing to call out from this passage is that we have soul felt needs that we try to meet by physical means. I'll say it again. We have soul-felt needs that we try to meet by physical means. So you, you think about this confusion that the Samaritan woman has. She's looking at Jesus without a rope and without a bucket, and she knows how deep the well is. And it, I think this confusion can happen to us pretty easily and think that there's physically no way that this man could... Get her a drink of water. And, you know, I think one, uh, another really powerful uh, passage of Scripture that is, is so beautiful, it talks about this thirst, it's Psalm 42. And so I'm going to share it with you. It's Psalm 42, and I'm going to look at verses 1 and 2 and 5. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So beautiful. It is such a beautiful psalm, and it's this Beautiful metaphor between our physical desire, our throats, longing, thirsting for water. We long for this this quenched sense. And then it becomes this metaphor for our dried bodies, our beings, quenching in thirst to know and be known by our Creator. Creator. And it is such a beautiful and powerful contrast between our physical world and our soul-felt desires. You know, one of the words that's used throughout Scripture to uh, refer to the soul, or is commonly translated as soul, is the word nephesh, N-E-P-H-E-S-H, nephesh, and so it's commonly referred to or translated to soul, and it's used in a lot of different ways. And so this is where I think the psalm can be extremely beautiful and where Jesus' interaction is extremely powerful, because this word can be used for things like our throat. You know, when uh, the Israelites are wandering in the desert and they're complaining about not having any food, their throats, their nefesh is dry. You know, nefesh. Also, uh, you know, when we think about uh, being in shackles. You know, if we were in slavery, our nefesh would be bound up. Or if we think about, um, you know, even lineage of people, nefesh is now being. You can use it, or it's used also to describe living, breathing people. So everybody in Jacob's family was considered a nefesh. And so today, you, me, we are living, breathing. people. Nefesh, and that is a really cool thing. And so when we are talking about our souls, it's more than just this contrast between our throat and our entire being. It is literally referring to our entire being, being moved by these emotions or these desires that we have. You know, and as a beautiful parallel to Psalm 42, Jesus talks about this desire for our thirst to be quenched in a a very powerful way. And it doesn't matter, you know, if that Samaritan woman had a sippy cup or a five-gallon bucket, no amount of water from that well would ever quench the ultimate thirst that she had that could only be satisfied by her creator. No amount of that water would do that. And we have to understand that these desires and that these longings that we have within us have a spiritual root. Again, it's that God-shaped hole that we have in our lives that we try to take things of this world and shove through there in hopes that it will satisfy. No matter how much we might consume, no matter how much we might do, acquire, buy, whatever it is, it will never satisfy these longings and these desires that we have. We will continue to find ourselves restless and anxious if we anchor ourselves into these physical things to meet our spiritual needs. You know, we worry about our financial security. And because we work so hard to strive and to earn, we completely miss out on the rich inheritance that we have as the family of God, as being a part of the family of God. And we worry about bringing order to the chaos within our homes, and we completely miss out on the peace that surpasses all of our understanding that can only come from God. And we worry about being accepted by our colleagues, by our friends, by our neighbors, and other people, and we completely miss the point that God has loved us, and He knows us before we ever spoke a single word. And we need to understand that these longings and these desires that we have have been placed within all of us by God, and it is His desire to meet and satisfy all of these needs for us. And so, like the woman at the well and others, Jesus is inviting us to come and to drink, to quench our thirst and to find satisfaction in God, to find that ultimate rest for our souls. And throughout Scripture, God is inviting us to him. You know, one of the things that Mark had shared last week is that he's inviting us to go all in for him because he has already gone all in for us. You know, when we think about the good news, the gospel, when we think about John three sixteen, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that all who would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. This is the greatest gift that we may ever receive not may, is, period, hands down, it is the best gift that we will ever receive. And that this is something that we can find rest and satisfaction in. You know, even when Jesus is talking to his disciples, I mean, they have tons of conversations. But at one point, Peter, who was the first person to profess that Jesus is Messiah, Jesus encourages Peter to shift his perspective, to shift his viewpoint from the human or the physical and move it toward the spiritual or see things from God's perspective. He says to his disciples in Matthew 16, 24 24 to 26, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And this is critical here. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? you think about this, the irony in being able to go all in for God is that we have to lay it all down the secret to loving God with all of our soul is by laying down all of these other things that we are carrying in our lives. The world tells us to add things to our life and then we will find satisfaction. When society tells us to anchor our satisfaction in things of this world, we'll finally find rest when we have a cushy retirement plan We'll find peace and comfort when we finally get married or have kids. and We'll finally find purpose and fulfillment when we land that dream job. But I want to encourage you, when we realize that Jesus Christ is the ultimate source of every need we will have, then we will find rest for our souls. And so I want to ask you that question again. Is it well with your soul? Is it well with your soul today? You know, in light of this question, there are two keys that I think will help us unlock this issue that we have. So I want to make sure that you write these down or commit these to memory somehow so that you don't leave this place today without understanding these two keys that are here. If you are here today and you've never heard the good news, or you're tired of trying, the first key is this, repent and be baptized. So maybe you're here today and you're hearing the word of God for the first time, or maybe it's you know early in your journey, your faith journey, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are tired of trying to take things of this world and shove them through the holes in this God-shaped hole in your life, I want to encourage you to repent and get baptized. Repent is this word that simply means to turn away. So turn away from these behaviors that you have or these things that you are trying to use to satisfy these soul-felt longings that you have in your life. And once you've repented from those things, once you've accepted this gift, the gift that Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman about, if you realize the gift that God has for you, you would turn. You would ask me. And so I want to encourage you to do that today. And as part of that, as a step of faith, is to get baptized and to say, Publicly, what God has done in your life privately, that you have decided to go all in for him. So that first key is to repent and be baptized. And maybe you've been following Christ for a while or you've just started on this journey and you've already repented of these things and you've been baptized, but you still wrestle with finding rest for your soul. The second key is this. Surrender isn't a one-time event. It is a daily choice. I'll say it again. Surrender is not a one-time event. It is a daily choice. You know, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to lay down all of these things. and You have to pick up your cross Sunday, Monday we'll just keep going. Tuesday every day you have to pick up your cross daily in order to follow him. And so when we think about that it's not an only Sunday or an only one of these other days of the week. It is a daily sacrifice that we make a daily decision to not pick up these things, these physical means to satisfy our spiritual needs. It is a daily decision to go to Christ in every opportunity that we have to find satisfaction and rest for our souls. So we have to wake up prepared to let go of all of these things and to be able to continue to acknowledge daily that Jesus Christ is the source of all of our satisfaction. And that's the beautiful thing that I think we all have when we get to live this Out is that when we realize this truth and we put these two keys into practice, we are freed up. We're no longer weighed down by the burden and the bondage of these things. We're no longer weighed down by dissatisfaction and unrest and anxiety. We are free. We are free to be able to share what God has done in our lives. And so when we think that difficult times, not when we think, when we know that difficult times are going to hit our homes, we have that peace that is beyond our understanding because we're not anchored to the peace and the hope of, well, if I have kids or if I have order in my house, we are anchored in the peace that only God can provide. And we may not understand that. It might be literally crazy in your home, but you feel this peace. Can I get an amen? Come on. Amen. All right. You know, but even even when we think about our jobs and we might find ourselves just laboring over the most mundane, repetitive tasks, we can take joy in knowing that our fulfillment doesn't come from being a cog in a wheel or a ladder in some kind of organizational structure that is done in a PowerPoint. Our fulfillment and our purpose comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? So imagine the freedom that comes out of this, that we then can help others experience that same sense of freedom. And so I'm gonna ask you today, is it well with your soul? And if there's any hesitation that you might have, I wanna take this opportunity and pray for you, okay? And I wanna pray for you if you are tired of trying to do all of this on your own, And I also want to pray for you if you need to get back on the right track to allow God to pick you up and to to place you on this path and to help you continue to move forward in faith so that you can say with satisfaction that it is well with your soul. So would you join me in praying? With all heads bowed this morning, I just want to take a moment and invite you, if you are here today and you are tired of trying and striving and doing and buying and trying to figure out how to meet these soul-felt needs in your life by any physical means, I want to encourage you to raise your hand and I want to pray specifically for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And even with maybe some hesitation that might be in this place, God, I I pray for these individuals who are tired of trying to do this on their own that need to be able to accept your gift of grace and mercy, your gift of eternal life. And Father, for them, and I just encourage them to adopt these words as their own, God, I realize my dependence and my peace is not found in things of this world but is only found in you. And God, I need you in every moment of my life. I need you to to help me, God. Forgive me for the areas of my life that I've fallen short, that I have sinned. And lead me in the path to righteousness and help me each and every day to become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. I want to live my life for you. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. And God, we, we continue to just celebrate what you're doing. And Father, I pray that for those that are here that need the reminder of picking up their cross each and every day, that you would help them, that you would give them the strength that they need to turn away from the things that are of this world to find the ultimate comfort and the ultimate peace that is only found in you. We love you and we thank you. It's in your son's name that we pray, amen.